I think junior high school is one of the most difficult times for a young man or woman. Uh, when I was uh, 13 years oh, old. It was the worst time for me. Oh, yeah. Eighth grade was the worst. It, a nightmare. In, well, when I was in the seventh grade, I was getting my ass handed to me on a regular basis. I mean, I had this, uh, this kid... Uh, named Peter, who used to beat me up all the time. Um, and when I say beat me up, he I sounds mean... sounds like an asshole. Oh, he was an asshole. He would do stuff like uh, he, him and his friends would run around me with jump ropes, and then they'd drag me behind the building, behind the, the PE building, and <laughs> kick the shit out of me. Oh, God. It was, it was bad, man. It was real bad. And, uh, you know, it, 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 uh, it stayed with me for a very long time. And I ne- also, I never saw oh, the guy I can imagine. Again. Like, once I was out of school, uh, these bullies, these people, like, I just never saw them again. I, don't, I didn't know why. And then I get so on, you uh, never So you never tried to kick his ass in return at some point? No, I was a short, fat, little munchkin of a kid. I had a Corey Feldman haircut. It was... <laughs> This was not this was not a fighting look. Okay, this was. Uh, I, I was. Well, not, you deserved to have your ass kicked if you had a Corey Feldman haircut. Uh, you know, I. But yeah, I guess so. It was. It was terrible. Well, years go by, and I never saw any of those kids again. Never ran into any of them. And then uh, I was doing this TV show called Big Time Rush on Nickelodeon. I was starring on this big show. And I went home to go visit my family. And while I was home in my hometown, I went to the gas station. And working behind the counter at the gas station is Peter. And Peter goes... Oh, my God. Yeah. He sees me and he goes, he goes, oh, my God. Hey, Stephen, I remember you. I... I used to kick the shit out of you every day in junior high school. You remember that? Oh, <laughs> oh man, I was kicking the shit out of you all the time. Man, that was crazy. That was crazy. Hey, my son is a big fan. My son's a huge fan. Could you maybe sign an autograph for him? And I said, uh, yeah, no problem. And I went out to my car. <laughs> I got a headshot out of my car, and I wrote, Dear Michael, don't be afraid to call Child Protective Services. And I handed <laughs> it back to Peter. And my God, I've never felt better than I felt that day. I'm Jack Hergeth. And I'm Stephen Kramer Glickman. And this is Never Surrender. The show where we sit down with the most successful people in the entertainment industry and talk about failure and how they pushed through it and never gave up. Because we've all failed. We've all had setbacks. Yeah, we've all questioned whether to keep going. But at some point, everybody struggles. Yeah. I mean, I've been let go from some of my favorite jobs. You and me both. We just hope that by listening to this podcast, it will help give you the strength to never surrender. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Our guest today is someone who's been in a lot of TV shows and movies. 
He's an actor, comedian, and writer that you know from television's Fresh Off the Boat and movies like The Interview and Always Be My Maybe. He's currently in the new Disney Plus Marvel Studios show, WandaVision. I mean, this guy has literally been everywhere, but for him, starting out was a struggle. So much so that his parents were sure that he was going to fail, but he never surrendered. This is Randall Park. Randall Park, thank you so much for joining us. Oh this my is gosh. so exciting. This yes. is so exciting for me. This is, uh, we're in this uh, dark room. <laughs> Yes, and uh, in downtown, it's in a all... very old building. It's it's it's, it's, it's such a, a sex dungeon. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it could be. It definitely could be a sex dungeon with foam padding. Basically. Yeah, I'm yeah. wondering what's about to happen, but let's just get into it. Let's get dirty. Let's get in it. Let's get sexy. Um, Randall, you are originally from uh, you are originally from Los Angeles. Yeah, and born you, and raised. You grew up out here. What was it born like growing up in Los Angeles? Where Where did you live in LA? I grew up in uh, West LA, kind of near Culver City. Um, you know, it was it felt like a small town upbringing, even though it was in the big city. I guess uh, uh, had you know great friends. It was we ran around, rode our bikes up and down Robertson Boulevard and, and um, got into trouble and stayed out late. And yeah, Culver City is very nice. Like I, It I, wasn't nice when I was a kid. No, <laughs> but it was like, it's like a suburban-y kind yeah. of... It, 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 yeah, it now could, it is. It's changed yeah. a lot. Yeah, now what is. was it like then? It wasn't like that? It's dead. No, it was a dump. It was a dump. It was really? a dump. Probably, probably the last... 20 years it, it really uh, changed and now it's completely different what kind of trouble did you get into as a kid in culver city uh just you know we'd hang out at hamilton high school which is the high school i went to and right. there was a little hole in the fence and when we were little kids we'd just go through that hole and just run around this big empty school and that was like our playground totally yeah and but then there were other kids hanging out at the school, and they'd see us and chase us away. Right, <laughs> right. and throw cigarettes at you. <laughs> throw stuff cigarettes, like that. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, little things like that. It was, uh, it was great. It was a great childhood. That's amazing. Um, yeah. when, uh, when, when towns like that kind of transform and get, you know, modernized, get fancy. And yeah. like there's a, there's a, I grew up in, uh, down near San Diego and in this little town, uh, Encinitas and they that town was like so beat up and so ghetto and you'd hang out in front of a 7-Eleven and that was like yeah. the cool place yeah. to hang yeah. out. Oh yeah, we and, had our 7-Eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. And like you hang out behind it and you throw stuff at the, at the back of the wall and you have a good time. It was yeah. like, it was a fun hang and then That sounds now, amazing. Oh, it was so great. And now that 7, like that 7-Eleven is like. A Whole Foods. It's a, Yeah, it's a Whole, yeah, it literally is. It literally is a Whole Foods. It's all changed. It's all fancy and it, and it yeah. kind of takes some of the fun out of it. Same thing with, um, uh, I lived in Brooklyn for a long time. Oh, Brooklyn and, is, oh has changed God, drastically. Changed. Yeah. Did you yeah. ever live in New York? No, never. I stayed in L.A., ended up going to UCLA. Yeah, you currently live in L.A. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah, I mean, I don't ever want to leave. It's just all I know, and I'm not like, I don't know, I just don't have aspirations to see the world. I just want to stay right here <laughs> in this black box with you guys for I the rest it. of my life. Does your whole, does your whole, is most of your family live out here? Yeah, they're all out here. Same house I grew up in. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So I wow. see them all the time and I drive up and down those streets all the time, the ones I used to ride my bike up and down. 
Yeah. Um, did you, uh, in, in middle school, was there, were you treated well during middle school or was it, uh, were you bullied a lot? What was the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I went to a school called Palms Middle School. It's uh, in West LA and it was a, it was a rough school at the time. Uh, and yeah, I definitely had my share. Palm School, <laughs> home of the famous knife fight, I believe. I'm just you know, <laughs> well, there was a tunnel, yeah. you know. There Palms was this was rough, right? Yeah, yeah there was a school. tunnel. Uh, so the, the school is kind of split in two, and Palms Boulevard uh, cuts through it. And there's like this tunnel that connects each side where you go underground to get to the other side. And you have to get to the other side to do PE and to do like oh, special wow. classes. And you have to go right back underneath to go to your classes. And and that 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 tunnel was uh, one of nightmares. Yeah, because were there well, like people waiting to beat you up? Yeah, like, in the yeah, tunnel? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, it's so stupid for a school to to set up kids that way. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, just go through that dark tunnel <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of kids that are like have anger issues. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no way anyone's not gonna kick the shit out of you yeah. in the tunnel at some point. And like half the kids, this is middle school. Half the kids at that school had like full beards, and oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, you're not a kid. That's insane. You have to tattoos, me. right, and a full beard. <laughs> You know, went to biker middle school. <laughs> yeah. Some some schools they just don't think about that stuff. They just no. Especially no. back when when you know when we were kids, like there was no. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, no. You they just see it was it was it was you know just to keep you off the streets. But then the streets were in the school. Oh, you know? It's no. like what the hell? <laughs> no, no. So were you like terrified of the tunnel? Like oh my there, gosh, did you guys try to figure of, out ways to go around it? Or? Oh yeah, I mean, oh, you know, you, as soon as the bell rang, you wanted to go with the herd, you know, uh-huh. and if you ever got, if you were a straggler and you got caught in that tunnel, uh, you were done. Yeah. You were done. Yeah. Cause there were like kids who just hung out in that tunnel. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Were there bodies found in the tunnel? Dead bodies. Yes. Uh, plenty oh, of dead sure. bodies. Oh, sure. <laughs> were you a, a skinny kid or were you kind of I was a, a small, I was a, I was a small, uh, I was a chubby kid, like a, but, but small and, and, uh, shy, very shy. And, uh, um, you know, awkward and, and just didn't, I had no idea who I was. And, uh, uh, yeah, I was just wanting to be loved. I guess I'm the same way still in a lot of ways. But, uh, yeah, just just struggling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, you uh, have uh, been rapping for a long time, You, you uh, <laughs> and, you're ve- and you're very good at oh it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I don't do it now. I did it for a movie, so people think I do it. But I'm... Uh, I don't really do it now, but I was in a band out of college, and that's when I was doing it a lot. Like, uh, did you rap when when you did you rap and perform in college too, or, or no? No, well, I, you know, in college you I was perform- doing. I know that you yeah, performed I was doing a lot. theater yeah, and I was doing a, a, a sketch and 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 just you know a lot of comedy stuff, and then right. and then out of college, a group of friends who who were also involved in that theater company who played, you know, instruments. We were just messing around and we started just for fun, this band. And then the band kind of, you know, we had opportunities to do these gigs and then people like came out to these gigs and seemed to like it. And then they would just ask us when the next gig was and we'd be like, oh, well, let's uh, book another gig. And then before you knew it, we were playing in clubs all around L.A. And we had a we had a little bit of a following. We even went uh, to just kind of up and down the coast and did like some gigs and uh but we weren't doing we weren't we weren't that ambitious you know did that uh influence any of the writing or any of the stuff for for always me my oh for sure i mean the band and the movie what because Allie, 
Ali Wong. Did she write the who who wrote the movie? We uh, we wrote it. You Ali both, and oh I. Yeah, and our God. friend Michael Galamko. So three, smart. Yeah. So the, thank smart. you, thank you. The three of us wrote it, and and but Ali was, you know, she went to UCLA and was in that same theater company that that I oh, okay. w- was in. And uh, so when we when the band was playing the old band, she would go to the shows. So she was very aware of the band. So while we were oh writing God. this, while we were writing this uh, uh, this movie, you know, fifteen years later, we we uh, she was like, let's let's why don't we put the band in there? And so I was like, oh yeah, so let's put the band in there. Yeah, cool. I loved it. Yeah. The band was fantastic. Oh, and, thanks. Uh, and you, uh, when you were at UCLA, you founded the Asian American Theater Group. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. That's the you, one that Allie was in. Yeah, and she, and she was in it yeah. um, years later. She wasn't in it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, at, right after I graduated is when she joined. Now, yeah. What what kind of uh, did you guys put on plays? What, what did you guys? Put yeah, on? we wrote all of our own stuff. Oh uh, yeah, and it was uh, we did full length plays, we did one act plays, we did sketches. I mean, we kind of did everything, and uh, uh, you know, none of us knew what we were doing. It, it wasn't we weren't associated with the theater school at UCLA, but we we were a bunch of uh, you know. I was an English major, and uh, my my specialization was creative writing, so I got into playwriting, and it was through that playwriting that we were a group of friends and I were like, oh, let's like, we want to see these plays on stage performed. So that's how we started that theater group. And then, uh, um, and it was like predominantly Asian American theater group. And, and, uh, and, you know, we, we, our first show like was packed. There were lines like all around campus for the show. And we were like, oh my God, people are like into this. And, and, uh, it's still that theater company still going on to this day. It's like twenty, almost twenty five years. Oh, that's, yeah. awesome. that's amazing. Yeah, right? yeah, and it's, it's not associated with the actual the with theater the school. Theater. No, that is no. so cool. But you know, I, I mean, it was an Asian American theater company. Most of the Asian American kids on campus were like South Campus majors, sure, yeah. which was like math, science, you know, medicine. Like you know, they were they they did those traditional things that their parents pushed them towards. But but a lot of them wanted, you know, they had a. a a secret desire to perform. And so our theater company kind of became this opportunity for those kids who who always kind of were into comedy but on the low, you know, like yeah. to, to to get up on stage and perform. And uh, and and those years were I think pivotal for a lot of them, including myself, because a, a lot of us are now doing it in the industry and, and thriving, you know, doing well in the industry. And I think those years at UCLA were were a big reason for that. How did you make the transition from that into uh, into acting on uh, you know into like for real for yeah real for acting. real for real and getting yeah. like an agent and all that kind of stuff like how um, that all well you know you? I didn't so I in college I fell in love with it was and uh, after college I, a bunch of us loved it so much we started like a like a real theater company. But and, and we were doing theater. I started doing sketch and, and uh, taking use classes at UCB and doing stand up even for a while. And, and um, but I never thought it would be like a job mm-hmm. because it was ingrained in my head from everybody, including my parents, that this is not going to be a viable career option. So I was working, you know, regular office jobs throughout that whole time. And, and I was doing graphic design uh, for, for a bunch of different companies. And, and uh, it wasn't until I, I turned 27, 28, where I was like, I, I think I got laid off from another job and I had gotten out of this long-term relationship. And I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go all out. And and pursue this dream that I always had, and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, that that was like around two thousand three, 
and uh, uh, I, I just kind of dove in. And, 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 and did you tell your back. parents at that point? You're like, I'm screw this. I'm leaving this all behind. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. I, I go told them the they board. were very against it. it, it so how much resistance did you face from them? Was, oh, was a it ton. a lot of resistance? A ton. Or, uh-huh. It was like no. It was like no. It was like no. You can't. You, and and if you do it, you're, you're not gonna. You're gonna fail. And I was like, yeah, but I think I, I probably am gonna fail. But I, you know, I'm, I'm in my later 20s and I put this off for so long I'm, I, I just I th- I'm gonna do it I'm just gonna do it and um, they were against it and then you know and then I started early on when I'd book things I'd come to them and be like hey I booked a I booked a commercial on the Asian channel you know yeah. uh, it's a big deal and they're you know they'd be like that's not a big deal how much did you get paid I mean like Eighty dollars, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> that is, is that gonna is that, is that gonna make for a career? And I'd be like, oh no. And then I'd feel horrible. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, I can't share anything with them because every time I do, they shoot it down. And imagine, you know, living in Korea, uh, having you know, going to great colleges in Korea, having these degrees, and and uh, deciding I'm gonna I'm gonna move to America. You know, I'm gonna move to America and not. And work at these jobs that you know are not associated with the degree I had, but I'm just gonna because there's just more opportunity there. I'm gonna uh, and it's you know it's a they're compelled to do this for their family, so they say they move to America. They don't know English, they learn English somehow, and then uh, they have kids and uh, and they sacrifice so much. And they're like, we we're, we did this all for you. And then and then you say, uh, yeah, I think I want to act. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah. what what the hell, what you know? Yeah. And you know what? They were right. Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. they they knew how hard it was. They like my mom literally like during that time when I. I told them I want to be an actor literally turned on the TV and was like let's see how many Asian people we see Wow. Mm-hmm. And like, I think we sat there for days before we saw an Asian person. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, what year was that? Uh, this was this was uh, early two thousands, around around oh three. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, oh two oh three. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, and and uh, and I had that in the back of my head throughout you know this journey. And uh, there were times where I think about that a lot, and I think, oh gosh, you know, yeah, it, it is, it is going to be impossible for me to actually make a living off of this but I just I just love it so much I, mm-hmm. I just got to keep going yeah. yeah yeah that makes sense yeah they must be so blown away at this point yeah it's yeah, got to be yeah shocking and, for them yeah they they're they're super proud and I you know I hate to admit it but that's really like what I want I want it them to be proud of me, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I and uh, uh, and I think for a long time I had convinced myself that oh, I don't care what they think. I had to, you know, in order to keep yeah. at it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, over time, and I think with with uh, with uh, some great blessings that have happened, I, I've come to realize now, you know, I always just wanted them to be proud, and and uh, it, it's pretty cool that they're that they're so proud. Hell yeah! Of course, yeah. of course. Um, so you you get cast on the show Wild and Out. Yes, yes. And how did right. you get that job? How what was yeah. that process? That like? was a uh that was just auditioning. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was probably like my first big break. I I really think of that as my first kind of cuz that was my first semi-regular thing and uh, it was just the audition process I went to MTV uh, over there in Santa Monica and went there again and again and a bunch of times and uh, uh, um, they just I got it 
I just got the part. And, uh, and those were some really fun times. And some of my closest friends to this day are from that show. Well, like Wild and Out was like a big change for you because that was the first series regular. Yeah. I mean, and I wasn't technically even a regular. I was like every other show I was in. Right. Yeah, they, they'd shoot two a night and I would be in one of them every night. Uh, um, but, but, you know, it was a big deal for me because I was on TV. Yo, it's Wildin' Out Season 3 starring Nick Cannon and the Red Team is Randall Park and Killer Cat Williams. Stop talking in the courtroom. <laughs> Mr. Nick Cannon, if I gave you $2 for every woman who you've ever been faithful to, Wait. How would you spend that zero dollars? I know you. We had talked about this, uh, Jack. Uh, is that uh, like financially? Sometimes when you when you finally get a gig, everyone's like, "Oh my God, you're making so much money! Oh, you're killing yeah, 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 it!" Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, you're yeah. on TV. You're on TV. <laughs> How many cars are you gonna buy? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so when so but when you were doing Wild and Out, a lot of oh, that yeah. money was going student uh, loans, probably yeah, right? Yeah, Things I like was, that. So I was. So f- when I decided to become an actor, I had a bunch of student loans that I had to pay off, but I, I, you know, I didn't have much money. I wasn't making a lot of money because I was trying to get to these auditions and I was doing part-time jobs. And so I just decided to stop paying my student loans. And, that sounds smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you Great know idea. what? For, I'd say about three years, I didn't hear anything. And I wow. thought, oh my gosh, I think somehow I got away with this. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And then I was working a part-time job uh, at this filing, this office fi- doing filing, and uh, I'd get my paycheck, and half of the paycheck was gone. Oh wow! And wow. I'd see the word "garnish" at the bottom of uh, of the paycheck. I was like, oh, "What does geez. that mean, garnish?" Uh, and it basically meant they they found me and they were coming after me and taking right, my money. Wages, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, right after that, I booked Wild and Out. Whoa. And uh, and I was so I was and 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 you know MTV does is not known for paying very well. Uh, so I took what I could get out of that show and I put it all to my student loans. So while that show was airing, I had no money and I I needed to uh, pay rent. So I ended up working at Starbucks while the show was like airing and I <laughs> and people were, were and I was like, I know I have to swallow my pride. Just take this job. And because uh, 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 I need it, I need something flexible. Yeah, sure. And uh, um, it, were you getting recognized at work? Yeah, yeah, oh, God. yeah. People were baffled. Yeah. They were like, "Why are you here? You're a millionaire." Right, <laughs> of course. And I was well, like, free coffee, "Dude, of course. <laughs> yeah. love the coffee." And I remember every day after work, I you know they would clear out that refrigerator full of sandwiches and and, and the pastries. I would. Put it in a bag. And Hell go yes, home. you yeah. would. Of How course. Long did you yeah. work at Starbucks. I worked there that? for like about three years. Oh wow, so three years. Which one did yeah. you work at? Uh, uh, in Santa Monica, Santa Monica and Twenty Sixth, and then they, I also worked at the one in Pacific Palisades, okay. and that was kind of the fancy one. And, sure. and I remember Brad Garrett coming in one day, and him leaving me like a huge tip, and I was wow. like, oh wow, one day. I'm going to be Brad Garrett and leave a huge tip at a Starbucks. Yeah. Have yeah. you done that yet? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, of course I've, I've tipped, but I don't, right. I don't think I've left a, as big a tip as he left me that time. And were you, oh you know, working at Starbucks 
you know, what was your mindset? You know, like I, I was, was just on this, you know, popular TV show. And now I'm working at Starbucks. Like, what you know, I literally went in there knowing that this was a big like uh, uh, knowing that a, a big hit to my like ego. And and because, you know, I was riding high off of doing these shows. And of course, and, uh, but I felt I really did feel like the the whatever embarrassment or whatever, like, uh yeah, the, uh, those types of feelings that I had going into this job would 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 be okay one day. You know that 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 I I would get past this period in my life, and, and also I wouldn't have to worry about my student loans as much. You know that was sure. the the main thing. Oh yeah. So so yeah, I went in kind of thinking of the future and getting right. past this weird period in my life where I was I was on a show and I still had to uh, work at uh, uh, Starbucks. I know that there are some other jobs in here. I know you worked as a graphic designer. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah th- that you that. did uh, escort ads. You were designing escort that's ads. That's right. That's right. I was designing escort ads. Was that like ads an LA in, Weekly? In the or? back of a, it, it was called New Times. They eventually okay. got bought out by LA Weekly, but okay. it was essentially a, a, a weekly free alternative paper. Now, uh, I, right. Like I heard a story that that that. <laughs> that pimps that represented <laughs> the women in these yeah. ads would come in. Yeah, they would. This come... is a real thing. Yeah. So my my I was in charge of the section in the back that was essentially the massage, personal massage ads and the <laughs> and the escorts and the you know and uh, which were all like you know prostitution uh, ads basically and uh, and yeah literal literal pimps would come in with a stack of Polaroids for us to scan and oh p- and God. build into these ads no way yeah that yeah amazing it was it now, was how amazing how does that work like this guy walks in and he walks like, in clearly a pimp or he introduces himself as a pimp <laughs> he has a, yeah he's, his shirt, t-shirt says pimp across it so I <laughs> right, just know right. and then he uh, yeah it literally would just hand us like these photos and and uh, wouldn't tell you know we'd have to make up the names of the they, you know they 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 were just and black out the eyes and 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 uh, and a lot of times what we did was use stock photos uh-huh. which and it made me feel so bad for these stock photo models oh, yeah. because you know they needed money to do a stock photo shoot yeah and now they they end up in these uh, in the yeah, back pages of the New Times this poor girl you know. Half these people think she's a prostitute. She just, you know, <laughs> yeah. shot some modeling shots for twenty years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So yeah. you go on uh, to, you, you know, that you're you, you're auditioning for all yeah, sorts auditioning. of stuff, and and you're getting cast in all sorts of different shows. You're doing one-off episodes here yeah, and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you end up doing uh, Super Ninjas, Super which Ninjas, is that's right down the hallway from uh, yeah. from from me yep, at the time. Yeah, we were right. around the corner from each other. That's right. But before that, you and I were in one of the <laughs> worst movies this is what our show is all about is doing <laughs> yeah. horrible things and then rising from the ashes to <laughs> yeah. do good things um you you and i were both in a movie called the 41, 41 year old virgin, virgin that knocked up sarah marshall and felt super bad about it <laughs> yeah. it was oh a God. it was a parody movie out of all of all the judd apatow movies yes which did not need to be made no in any way it did not and it was called I, it was originally called like Slumdog Virgin. Remember yes, that? Yes, it was because because it was a. They couldn't decide what they were parodying. Uh-huh. But 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 uh, what was the what was the slum slum what was the it was like Slumdog Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire. That's yeah. right. That was they were the, like, that's uh, what they were going to make. <laughs> yeah, and then they changed the title to all these Apatow films, which were, I guess, 
spoofed kind of or mimicked in the I don't know it was yeah. uh, it was very strange it was, I re- yeah it was it was bad All right, let me it ask you bad, guys yeah. oh, Randall what what part did you play I I essentially played uh, the uh, the cops in Superbad uh, was it uh, oh Bill Hader Bill Hader and Seth Rogen was it Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was a version of one of those cops. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Stephen, um, what did you do? I played Seth Rogen. Yeah. Okay. Just, we yeah. both actually played Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but I remember at the time, because I I remember like really wanting to one day be, you know, work with Apatow, work with Nick Stoller, work with these people who uh-huh. did these movies right right and uh and then i booked that move this movie and i was like oh gosh i i don't i hope this doesn't ruin my chance at ever like you know working right. with those guys because they you know those that's all i wanted was to be able to like work in the, these great comedies and, sure. and here we were doing this like thing that could be offensive to them uh or you know at the very least they would think oh gosh that's shitty yeah and uh and everyone involved in that is shitty right and, sure uh, <laughs> and uh so i remember thinking oh man but but i needed the money i literally needed the money and uh and i ended up having a great time after the break more great stories with randall park 
going into uh, the um, the casting director's office, uh, trying to think of you know, okay, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna try I want to play this as real as possible. And I and while I while I was in the waiting room, there was a water cooler there, and, and I, I poured myself some water, and I was like, oh, what if I like. Dr- pour this water on my head because then I'll be like covered in sweat and it'll make it seem like super real yeah and it might be funny right. to the casting director and so I pour myself a cup of water and I was like I mean I don't know why but I thought I'm gonna do it in front of him it'll be like a show you know uh-huh. so I, I go up into the casting director's office Whoa. it's this renowned casting director and uh, the office is tiny uh, it's just like I'm literally standing up against his desk and uh, we start, he's like, you ready to start the scene? And I'm like, oh yeah, give me one second. And I pour the water <laughs> on my head <laughs> and the water bounces off of my face and onto the casting director. Oh my God. <laughs> and onto the table, there's like little droplets of water like on his papers. And I, could, oh, no. and I remember seeing a drop like going down his tie <laughs> and, and like little droplets on his face. And I was like, I froze and I was like, oh no. And he was completely still just glaring at me. And I start the scene and I'm terrible and I'm like stumbling throughout the scene. And uh, and I finish the scene and he doesn't say anything. Oh, wow. And I just walk out. <laughs> wow. Oh my oh God. My God. Uh, that was the worst one. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, that was bad. That and I knew bad. that news was going to go back to Fox. Oh, did, you, did someone get back to you? Or? No one told me because I didn't have an agent or any any like insides, but uh, uh, I knew it did because I never got sent out on another one after that. <laughs> the network Holy did not send me out on another crap. one. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. an amazing one. Um, uh, keep the water away from Randall next time he comes in. Keep yeah. it all away. Um, I, I, I got to bring up... Um, uh, the we got to talk about the interview because oh yeah yeah the the, yeah. the thing about the interview is is uh it's a, a phenomenal movie I think so too it's an amazing movie thank you um and the blowback from that movie is uh, you, there's no other word except for catastrophic <laughs> because it <laughs> yeah, was a, it was a global whole, it was a global blowback <laughs> yeah, yeah. so and I love I lo- I just rewatched it a couple uh, days yeah. ago it's a great yeah. film what what was the process in you getting cast on that you know in that in that movie and then how um, did that work? So I uh, so I ironically from the from the forty one year old virgin I ended up working with Nick Stoller a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And you worked with him a, a few times. A bunch of times. Uh, what, and to this other, day we we, we we work on stuff. What else did you work with him? On? Um. I so I did a small part on Neighbors. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. and then he had a pilot on CBS, and I was cast as a regular on that one. And um, uh, he had a movie called The Five Year Engagement, which I was in that of one. Of course, and, uh, of course. Yeah. He, he kind of keeps, you know, once they that whole camp when they like people, they kind of bring them back in a lot. And so I was working a, a lot with with Nick, and um, um, he suggest suggested to Seth and Evan. Because uh, he he knew about uh, uh, this project that they had, he was like, "You guys got to see Randall," and uh, so they 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 basically, you know, had an audition for me, and I was the only one at the audition, and uh, uh, I did it, and I I ended up 
getting the part based off of that that audition and they wow. they never saw anyone else they just oh, saw wow. me for that part yeah so again like i yeah i owe nick like so much uh but also seth and evan those guys are just, you know so great and uh it's, yeah, it's so funny seth you know these guys that were in that 41 year old version movie it's all it is bizarre um so uh so yeah we i i just booked it off of that audition we ended up Flying out to Vancouver, we shot it, and uh, did you shoot that whole movie in Vancouver? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Did you have any trepidation about taking on this part? I did before I read the script. I, you know, when they told me about the part, I was like, "There's, this is, I, there's no way I could do this," you know. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, "Oh well, it's Seth and Evan. Those guys are super smart. I don't think, you know." I think they would probably. Why didn't you want to do like what? What about it? Kind of. I mean, the the red flags were there, you know. Like this is a well. First off, it's it's Kim Jong Un, and it being another kind of Asian bad guy character, and uh, you know the whole the white guys come into the Asian country, save the world, leave with the girl. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you, we've seen that time and again. Yeah. And I didn't want to be a part of that tradition, I guess. But sure. uh, but then I thought, oh, Seth and Evan. Also, I mean, was there accent? Was there worry about I didn't worry about that really? so much. Uh, I didn't worry about that. Well, I did worry about that before I read the script. Right. So, And then I read the script, and Dan Sterling, who wrote, is this brilliant writer. Yeah, Dan's and, awesome. Uh, uh, I was like, this is so smart. The way they're doing it is so smart. They're completely aware of this tradition, you know, that, that, that and they're, they're, they're kind of doing things so different. And uh, uh, I just thought the script was so smart. And and I and I thought it was an opportunity to play a real character, you know, with yeah. like real, like a I don't know, like a real human character, which uh, you know I I didn't get it. I had never been given that chance to be a, a lead in a movie mm-hmm. and to really dive into character like that. And uh, and I thought this was a great opportunity. And and so you know we did it. We shot it. it so fun probably the best time I've ever had on a movie and then uh, and then the movie was about to come out and I just kept hearing from the studio and from Seth and Evan and from all these people like you're you're so good in it and you're testing so everyone loves your character so much uh, and, uh, Amy Pascal who was running the studio she was like you're in, you're amazing in it, and you, your life is going to change from this movie. Wow. And everyone was just so s- sure it was going to be this, you know, because the movie was yeah. testing so well. Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, uh, the movie's great, you know. Yeah. But then, uh, then everything fell apart. <laughs> yeah. Now, you can say when, that. yeah. <laughs> when when did you feel it fall apart? Was it? Like a phone? Was it a phone call? Was it in the Social press? Media. Yeah, it what, was. What uh, happened? I mean, it was. Uh, I was so I was supposed to go to New York to do press for the movie. Seth was already in New York, and uh, um, there were like little, you know, people were like, "Oh, there's some weird stuff happening," but I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and uh, I was literally had my bags packed to go to New York to do press, and then uh, I got a call saying, "You're not going to New York." Oh wow! Yeah, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then, basically, my lawyer and my my agents were just telling me what was going on, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Turn on the news; it's all over the news, and uh, um, 
they basically called off the entire like press run and uh we were like oh wow and i I was like okay okay uh was it going to come out in theaters you know still and they're like yeah i don't think it's going to come out in theaters (laughs) and and then at this point then you know the movie had been leaked people had gotten a hold of it and and the, the desire to see this thing was just super strong globally so all these people were pirating copies of it and it was uh it was. Uh, meanwhile, I turn on CNN and my face would be on on, on the screen. And, oh wow, that's nuts! Yeah, and Sony was like, "We got to get you security." And I was like, oh, "I don't, I don't really. I, th- I think I need security." And they were like, "Yes, you need security." And we ended up getting a twenty four hour guard in front of my tiny little house in Valley Village, and oh my God. Uh, they set up security cameras all around the house because I didn't have any of that stuff. Were you? you- know? freaked out were you concerned about your safety I, I i felt like it was too much you know i felt like it was a little overblown but then i realized well because i i, I was in the reality of it you know and i just did not feel like someone was trying to kill me you know right. but everyone else in the world thought oh. we were yeah someone was trying to kill me so they were like kind of acting on that wow. yeah yeah how were your parents? Were they freaked out? They were, I, they, oddly enough, they were kind of excited about it all. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they were, uh, I, I, and I think it was because I was in the Korean newspaper, and they, that's oh, like, for okay. them, that's like winning an You've Oscar. You've made it. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they were, they were, but, you know, my parents also kind of had my perspective. They kind of, you know, we, we knew enough about North Korea to, to know that we weren't in any trouble, you know, at least like immediate trouble you know um um but we also knew that i would probably not go to asia for a while you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) holy crap yeah that is insanely amazing it's so amazing it it, yeah i mean in retrospect it was uh you know at the time i was actually like super bummed because i had been told that this was going to like you know, be a game changer for me. And it, it ended up being, a, I mean, a, it ended up being fine and great. And, uh, uh, but it didn't come out the way it was supposed to. How soon after that is fresh off the boat? So uh, after shooting the interview, I booked fresh off the boat and, uh, yeah, something like that. We shot the pilot and then we got picked up to series. We shot 13 episodes before it even came out. Yeah. And then the interview came out or kind of came out. And then for, uh, not long after Fresh Off the Boat the aired, the first season aired. So yeah. with Fresh Off the Boat, how, how did that happen? Was that an audition or was that uh, brought to you? That like? was, uh, it, it was pretty much brought to me because I had done a movie with uh, uh, Jake Kasdan and Melvin Marr and uh Melvin literally knocked on my trailer and was like, "Hey, I have this book. I want you to read it. We're 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 gonna make a show out of it. I want you to play oh, the wow. dad." Uh, but I still had to, you know, I, I had to go to Fox and put myself on tape for them to just get approval. But I think I was the only one they saw for it, and uh, uh, which still blows my mind. Whenever that happens, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's so cool." I read yeah. somewhere that you had some trepidation about that the role for Lewis Wong. That you yeah, had. yeah. I mean, early on, I yeah. did. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I mean, at first for the pilot, I, I I thought, oh well, this is this is a, a pilot, and I've done so many pilots, they never get picked up. Sure. The chances of this getting picked up, and then when we got picked up the series, I was like, oh well, I I'm gonna play this Taiwanese father, you know, uh-huh. 
I'm a Korean American guy. Like, I don't know if I'm the right person for this. And, and there was definitely those, those thoughts in my head. But, but Eddie kind of talked me down and was like, you can do it. You know, you should do it. It's so funny because yeah. you think of a show like that that has an all Asian cast. Yeah. Primarily. It's a period piece. Yeah. And it's on the network. And you think like the odds against that at the time. At the time, especially. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's why I never thought it would get picked up. And when it did get picked up the series, I was like, oh, one season. We'll do one season. And then, mm-hmm. and, and then we just kept going. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Well, it's such a great show, and the cast is, is so, you know, it's an yeah. incredible cast. Yeah. Great, great writing. The writing's really terrific. Yeah. What do you love most about the show? Like, what, you know, has... Uh... Um, I think, I mean, it, I love a lot of things about the show. The One thing that really resonates with me is, the, yeah, the fact that it is an Asian-American family on TV. I mean, when I was in college... We started this Asian American theater company. Of course, I, I majored in Asian American studies, and so there was. It's something that's always been in my mind throughout my career. You know, like uh, how do I approach this career in a way that could, where I could also kind of help represent a community in in a, in a great way, and also provide opportunities for you know, for for to tell these types of stories, and so so to to have that show happen, it it's really kind of mind blowing to me, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, of course. Yeah, and uh, uh, and just the the love we get from the community and people outside of the community that's really just so important too, because then I know like it's resonating with. People. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, Always Be My Maybe. Such an incredible movie. Such a great movie. Oh, it's so you. funny. Sure. It's so cool. I thank love the, uh, the Keanu Reeves scene. Amazing. And right? how, how did that come up? Did you have him in mind like from the get go? Like, we need to get um, Keanu for this? Yeah, this we part? had him. Uh, Pretty much from the beginning, but it was uh, it was the kind of thing where we you know we wrote him in and we were like, "There's no way he's going to say yes to this." None of us some, know him. There was some talk of some other people possibly. Yeah, so we had to but, come up with a, a you know a list of other options that uh, you know that ran the gamut. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but he said yes, and we I still can't believe it. Uh-huh. And he was shooting John Wick three at the time. Oh, and oh wow. And he had a window in his shooting. And he flew down to San Francisco and shot these uh, Did he these know scenes you with us. or Allie? He did, was there a... He knew he he knew both of us. He was a fan of Allie's special. Okay. And I think that was a major part of why he did it. But he was sense. aware of who we you know, who I was sure. and uh and uh, um he, yeah, I I don't I still can't believe it because he's just like Keanu Reeves. Come on, yeah. you know <laughs> what an incredible. Yeah, you're sitting there the whole time going, "It's Keanu Reeves." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but he was great and so game and and so fun to work with. And you know, he went to the premiere and uh, he is uh, laughing throughout the whole movie. And he's just been so just so so kind about it all. And and uh, yeah, it's thrilling. How did you and Allie know each other? Did you guys we know, know we, each other from the school? From, from the, uh, yeah, from uh, from because after I graduated, she joined that theater company, and uh, um, it was just through those friends that we had met. So, so we've known cool. each other a long time. So you guys wrote it on spec. Wrote it on spec. Whoa. Gave it to uh, a Netflix and uh, said, if you want it, if you want it, uh, you know, if if you don't, we'll we'll take it elsewhere. Right. And they they were like, let's do it, and it was an incredibly smooth 
fun process. I think it's very not typical in this town to have a process like that. I mean, it was great. The executives from Netflix were just great. And our producers at Good Universe were just ideal to work with. And I, I'm telling you, it, it's never this smooth from what I hear. Yeah. But uh, it was so it was just joyful. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask you, um, well, obviously, so you wrote the movie, you co-produced it, you yeah. starred in it. Like, what sort of things do you want to do next? Do you want to get, do you want to do more producing? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. More? For sure. Mm-hmm. I'm in the midst of uh, st- starting a production company and we're, we're kind of getting into that and um, writing more and, and, uh, and just trying to have fun. That's like Hell that's yeah. it. Just follow right. the fun. Right. Love yeah. it. Do you want to yeah. direct? Like, yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something I want to do. And uh, yeah, again, just do what's fun and work with people I love. That's like, that's like the dream. To totally, sure. yeah. totally. Yeah. Well, but as we wrap up, uh, last question. I know that you got started. You know your your career is uh, blossomed and bloomed and has this uh, incredible, you have so much incredible work that you've done that oh, like, that, that when you go and you look through your credits and you look at all the stuff you've done, you're like, oh my God, you were in this and yeah. you're this. And you bring funny moments to so many oh, different films, which is so you. cool. Um, what advice do you have for people that are struggling that haven't made it yet? Like what, what kind of advice could you give to them? I think, uh, you know, I get asked, that a lot from from actor aspiring actors especially and uh and and they when and whenever they ask the question they 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 talk about the rejection and the failure and how do you you get there you know without having to kind of go through that and uh to me it's like that and this podcast is all about that you know it, it it is a part of it you have to you have to kind of embrace it you know and 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 plan for it and almost like collect it you know collect the failures and and the uh, just and and really immerse yourself in that feeling that horrible horrible feeling Mm -hmm. because you're gonna get out of that and once you get out of that you'll have learned something you know and 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 it's never gonna stop those failures and those feelings of uh, of your ego being checked and and those feelings of uh, just not being good enough that that that'll always happen uh, for for different reasons and that's a part of it, but uh, but once you get used to it and and get used to getting past it, then I think you don't dwell in it as long. Just over time, you just you know that it's a part of the game, and uh, uh, and it and it helps you to get where you're going. I think. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's really good yeah. advice. Um, great advice. Thank you so much. Thank you, for doing guys. This, man. Yes. Thank you so much really for uh, so fun. time with us in yeah. our dark dungeon. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> our little padded box here. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Never Surrender is produced by Western Sound. Executive producers are Jack Hergoth, Stephen Kramer Glickman, and Ben Adair. Producers are Sabrina Fang and Cameron Kell. Music by Hannes Brown. On social media, you can check us out on Instagram at NeverSurrenderPod, on Twitter at SurrenderPod, and on Facebook at NeverSurrenderPodcast. You can also email us at NeverSurrenderPodcast at gmail.com to share your own stories about how you struggled, failed, and ultimately never surrendered.